This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card, you can earn 5% back at Walmart online, 2% at Walmart in-store, restaurants and travel, and 1% everywhere else. When you want all that, you need the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. So, ¿cómo prefieres? ¿René? ¿Residente? Eh, como tú quieras. Whatever you want. Like, it could be residente, but people in the street call me both. Residente, René. Sometimes calle 13. From NPR and Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, a portrait of René Pérez Joglar. Although, you might know him as Residente. In 2005, a duo of Puerto Rican artists released their first album. Their mix of reggaeton, rap, and, well, raunchy lyrics took the Latinx music scene by storm, and it got them three Latin Grammy Awards for their first album, Calle 13. Y el ganador es... Calle 13's band members went by the names of Residente and Visitante. And although initially they became known for their sexy and scandalous lyrics, a social message was behind their songs all along. Soon, Calle 13 started collaborating with some of the biggest and most respected names in Latino music, like Café Tacuba. And Ruben Blades. Their meteoric rise won them a total of 22 Latin Grammys, but Calle 13 didn't shy away from controversy. They were critical of other artists in the urban scene, and they denounced the music industry for their profit-making practices. Over time, their content became increasingly political. Songs like El Aguante, which translates roughly to your capacity to keep on going, became hymns of human resilience in the face of global crisis. And in 2014, they released their last record as a band. 
But René Pérez Joglar, or Residente, was nowhere near being done. In 2017, René released his first solo album. It was a conceptual album called Residente. And in order to find inspiration, he took a DNA test, and then Residente traveled to every part of the world that showed up in his test, and there he collaborated with local musicians. Now Residente is working on his second solo album, and for this one, he's collaborating with professors at Yale and New York University to turn the brain patterns of worms and mice into music. He also used the brainwaves of a man in Muslim prayer to find music. And most recently, Residente released perhaps his most personal track to date. It's titled after his birth name, René. In this track, he tackles themes all the way from his childhood to the present, including friendship, his success, his roots, and even depression. Today, we're going to dig into the mind of the man who has made so much music and talk to him about how his art is evolving. René Pérez Joglar, Residente, welcome to Latino USA. It's great to have you here. Thank you. So I want to talk for a moment about your mom and dad, actually, because your dad is a lawyer, in, an activist um, in Puerto Rico. Your mom is an actress. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's the connection between them and what they were doing in Puerto Rico and how you were raised and the work that you're doing now. Actually, my mom, she's an actress. She acts sometimes like in shorts and stuff, but she's very into religion. She's a Franciscan, and but she's... Hardcore, like she actually helps people like a lot. She do that physical work of helping others. So and Franciscans, I'm trying to think. Franciscans, we mostly know them as like monks, right? But she doesn't dress like that. But okay, <laughs> but the whole thing is like to help. Is it about? They're very for the people. Like San Francisco, yes, is like he. What I know that he did is that he left everything to help people, and he gave his life for the people like and, and that's what I think Franciscans do like like they like my mom she was working with drug users in San Juan people in the streets you know sometimes I, I you know I remember passing by her house in old San Juan and she was preparing meals and I did oh for me for us no no this is for the like she gave it to the people who needed like they were hungry she's like that like super but also she's very political. Mm. So it's a, like a mix. Mm. And she's very open-minded. Like the other day, I saw a performance with my sister, and my older sister, and my mom, where my older, my older sister is pressing her uh, breast and putting out milk, you know. 
and my mom is naked on her side. Like, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Did someone send me a video? Why I have to see this? You know, but I'm seeing it and, and I like it. I feel, I feel, uh, um, como se dice? Orgullo. Oh, orgulloso, yeah, proud. Like, I feel proud about it, you know, that I have so, such a cool mom and she's very interesting. You know, you have that mix of having a Franciscana doing all this. <laughs> it's kind of like, and then my sister, like all my family. And then my dad is more into social activism since I'm a kid. Like I grew up going to protests. Like I went with him. Uh, like the workers in, back home respect him a lot because he was the, their lawyer, you know, like, uh, so it was a good one, you know, mm. even though he didn't earn everything that a lawyer can earn, he was working for them 24-7, and that's why they respect him. So every time that there is a protest, like, you know, the workers, every time they see me and they don't say hi because of me, they say hi because of my dad, like, oh, man, your dad is the best, you know. And he was a musician, too. He he was a sax a player. He was a great musician. He had a, a band called Latin Tempo with Luis Garcia. And then I grew up also with my stepdad, that he was a musician too. So we, I remember going to bodas, to weddings, and to different things and during Christmas because that's that was high season for him and we were helping him to connect cables and stuff and you know bringing things to, to stage when we were little so I grew up you know with that with the acting and the political things and music I'm imagining that your dad your stepdad and your mom one, they've probably looked at things that you've done and said, why is René doing this? The same way that you're looking at your mom and your sister acting on stage. And you're like, why are they doing this? They probably were like, ¿y ahora qué está haciendo? But I also imagine that they had a very particular moment when they saw that photograph from the protests over the summer in Puerto Rico, where you were at the top of the protests eh, with Bad Bunny, with Ricky Martin... It was the three of you in just this, like, what will be a historic photograph forever. And I'm wondering if you talked to them about that and what that was like for you to realize, you know, you grew up looking at protests in Puerto Rico and around the world, and now people are looking up at you as an artist and as a deeply political human being as really as a symbol for them. Yeah, like... Like for me, during that period and those protests, it was very organic. I've been working socially, not only with Puerto Rico, but with other countries. So in Puerto Rico, I don't measure. I, I just cope with what I feel in my heart. I felt that, that we had to do something. So I spoke with Benito and I spoke with Ricky. I called them both. I called Ricky like, bro, like, did you check? Like I, I was messaging I'm all the time, like, kind of, like, in pain in the ass. Not too much, <laughs> but with them, with people that I know, like, I send them stuff. It's oh, not, you mean because you want them to be engaged, active, aware yeah, as but artists? They, yeah. Like, Ricky, he, he's been engaged more with the LGBT community, but he's aware of 
things, but I think this this was kind of like the first time that he that it was more mm. political in that sense. And Benito, it was kind of also his first time, but he was truly mad, and he took a plane from Spain to Puerto Rico, but it's not only a plane. Like, he was in a private plane, but the thing is that he paid all that. Like, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. And, and it's for him, for an artist like him, that in between a tour, he took a, a plane to go to Puerto Rico, man, that... It's that's a lot, and I was like, man, this kid is like he has that energy, and that's why I've been a friend of him and trying to be on his side because he's, uh, you know, he's gonna he's the future, and he's gonna have a voice. He's having a voice already, but it's how you use it, you know. Soy, soy lo que dejaron. Soy toda la sobra de lo que se robaron. Un pueblo escondido en la cima. Mi piel es de cuero, por eso aguanta cualquier clima. Soy una fábrica de humo, mano de obra campesina para tu consumo. Frente de frío en el medio del verano, el amor en los tiempos del cólera, mi hermano. Bueno, René, so you have developed this public image that is, it, well, it's really revolutionary. Um, your lyrics are very anti-establishment, and that has made some people think that you align with certain kinds of governments, and... For example, like uh, the regime in Venezuela. No, oh, but who told you that? I don't support that. Ah, so the you... people, the people talk that you know. Ah, bueno. So clarify that. Everyone, like a lot of people, think that, but it's because they 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 can see you. If they see you in a picture with someone, they think that you're supporting that person, and that doesn't mean that. Like I, like one time, like a guy showed me, oh, and put me a picture. Like the only picture with me and Chavez exists because I put it out, because otherwise no one will know. And I put it out when he died, and I put it out with a quote that I said. It was one of the most interesting conversations that I had, because it's true. Period, right. Not that it was great, Probably. not that it was... I'm not, I'm right. not saying that I'm a supporter, but right. it's borderline in the sense that some people can read it in, a, in another way, and also thinking because I'm pro-independence, then they, they think I'm the cliché of a left-wing guy. And I'm not with any side because I think they, people should create something new. Uh, but I'm, I don't support what's happening in Cuba. In, I don't support what's happening in Venezuela. And the thing is that people think that things are white or black. And sometimes it's gray and sometimes... And I'm not like... A, not everyone is so simple. Like, And this is going to sound so bad. But I can't... I, I think I can connect with every human being, even if it's bad or wrong. I'm not going to mention names in different ways, you know, mm. but not connecting in a good way of a friendly way. But like maybe we have something in common. If I had the opportunity to meet Trump, I will meet him and I will ask him questions for real. That doesn't mean that I support him. I, that means that I want to understand him. Like I met Almagro, that is the opposite of Chavez. Yeah. He took a picture with me. Like I have a picture with the governor. Rosselló, mm -hmm. because I did an interview for the DNA uh, documentary. It's not that I sit down with everyone because I don't care. It's the total opposite. I, I care so much that I want to understand what, what is in their heads. And I need to, in order to know someone, you have to sit down and talk, you know. We spoke the last time you had released Multiviral with Calle 13. Um, I mean, that album was 
extraordinarily political. It opened with Eduardo Galeano, you know, may he rest in peace. Oriol Val, que se ocupa de los recién nacidos en un hospital de Barcelona, dice que el primer gesto humano es el abrazo. You had collaborations with Silvio Rodríguez, with Tom Morello, even Julian Assange. We live in the world of your propaganda made. But, 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 but where you think you are strong, you are weak. Your lies tell us the truth we will use against you. Your secrecy shows us where we will strike. And it made me think as we were getting ready to talk about what's happening now with your music and with your work, about Nueva Canción, Música de Protesta, La Nueva Trova, Ha sido un buen día Ha hecho buen tiempo Ya están las semillas Echadas al viento Echadas al viento Para mi alegría So, if people say that your music is Música de protesta, la nueva canción, you know, 3.0, what do you say? I'm kind of against the labels. Like, I don't I don't think I belong to any genre in particular, musical genre. Like, I, I think I, like, as an artist, I express everything that I feel that affects me. Uh, everything that surrounds me affects me. And because of that, I... Uh, I try to be completely honest with what I'm feeling, and that's what I do. So I think it's very elastic. My proposal, it's been always like that. Since Calle 13 and now with Residente, I think I'm even more elastic and mixing more things. Where does this come from for you, René, this, this feeling of not wanting to be boxed in, not wanting to be labeled? ¿De dónde empieza eso? I think it's about being honest. And honestly, I don't think that my music belongs to something specific. And I always thought about it when I was making music. I'm a kind of like a very lo-fi guy most of the time, kind of emo in a way. Like I like Radiohead and stuff like that. <laughs> and I don't know, Cigarettes After Sex, like it's a band. <laughs> so I like it too. You know, I like things that are very slow. Mm. Uh, I like the Nationals too. Like, but... At the same time, I like salsa music from back in the days. I, I like a lot of uh, hip-hop, too. So and I like rock music. So since I have all these things happening in my head, I, I like the fact that it's difficult to label what I'm doing. People label it, and they try to label it as political. It's social because everything is social. Even the parties are social, but... Being honest is something that is difficult to label. No me regalen más libros porque no los leo. Lo que he aprendido es porque lo veo. Mientras más pasan los años, me contradigo cuando pienso. El tiempo no me mueve, yo me muevo con el tiempo. Soy. Coming up on Latino USA, my conversation with Residente continues, and he shares the creativity behind his solo albums. Stay with us, no te vayas. Nunca se calle, también espero que las turbinas de este avión nunca me fallen. No tengo todo calculado, ni mi vida resuelta. Solo tengo una sonrisa y espero una de vuelta. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp, a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. 
Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code LATINO. BetterHelp. Get help anytime, anywhere. Hi, I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and I am the new host of NPR's TED Radio Hour. I am so excited because we are working on a bunch of new, amazing episodes. We're exploring big ideas about reinvention, making amends, and the psychological effects of climate change. Our first show drops March 13th. Please join me. Hey, we're back, and we're going to continue now with our conversation with René Pérez-Joglar, also known as Residente, and we're going to jump into his 2017 first solo album. We missed talking with you when you released your first solo album, Residente, and the documentary called Residente that you directed. So tell us a little bit about the notion, and by the way, I just did my DNA as well. Nice. Yeah, and it's so, you know, it confirms and then confuses you, which I love. So how did the process challenge you of one getting the DNA results and then kind of recognizing and saying, wow, this is who I am? And of all the places that you went, what was the place that you felt the most connected to, kind of like, I feel this, and the place that you were most surprised that you ended up in? I think that every place surprised me because I I really tried to focus and to connect while I was there. Like, for example, in Siberia, I was more nostalgic. I was surrounded by mountains and wolves. We were in the border with Mongolia, so I had time to think about what I was doing, you know, like why I'm here and what I've been doing during all these years. Like, I was thinking about, I don't know, I... I should do this and quit. Like, I want to do other things in my life, like, you know, to understand to understand myself better. That was Siberia. Then, I don't know, when I went to Burkina Faso, it it woke me up on mm-hmm. another, another part of my, of me, you know, like I was very into Thomas Sankara and his fight and, and the revolution. And I was like very into that. It was intense for me. It was dark. At the same time, it was beautiful because I met pe- beautiful people. Like, it was different. China gave me another thing. So every every country, then Serbia, or when I went to Georgia and then Armenia, mm. and I was into the war, and I was into the refugees. So everything was special in a, in a different way, you know. You approach everything, you know, your art, your creation, um, and your communication with other people with so much respect. I think that's one of the things that everybody takes away from you. So how did you approach songwriting in cultures that you didn't really know really well? When I was doing this project, for example, I tried to do everything. I just wanted to be connected with what I was feeling, you know, 
before I met anyone who was gonna, was gonna make music with me. I wanted to be prepared before I met, for example, in Siberia, I had already, like, I wrote things before I got to the studio with the throat singers. <laughs> Uh, and then, since they're not used to record, like, like they, they record before, but not in the same way, like, I couldn't, it's not that I'm going to put a beat and say, okay, go and sing, you have to sing this. No, I just wanted them to feel comfortable, so I say, what's your favorite song? What, what do you want to sing? And I want to learn from you, so... You can show them, and they, they started to sing. I started to listen to, with them. Then when we were feeling like family, then I showed them, I have this beat, it's just a drum. Maybe we can sing something like this here. I wrote this. Maybe I can I translate it to English. If you want, you can translate this mm. to your language. Mm. We can sing it. How do you feel about it? I feel okay. Maybe I, I can do this. Yeah, do whatever. I ended up like giving them royalties, even though most of them didn't compose, but I wanted to share that with them. Like I did it also with, with in Ghana, in, in Northern Ghana. Like they were singing songs that they're, it's already like, it's kind of like songs that has been for years. Ancestral songs. Ancestral songs. Porque pa sentarse no hay asiento. But just because of the fact that it was beautiful and how they were singing, I not only paid them for that, but also I, I gave them, like, oh, I'm going to give you a, a percentage of the song, of the composing, even though it's it was another composer, you know? And they were happy, and I'm, I, just, I just wanted to collaborate with them in a in a proper way, you know, and and also I wanted people to know that these people exist and they are talented and and to fill their hearts through my music also. So, Rene, I want to ask you a little bit about um, something that is really a big part of who you are as an artist, and that's what happens during your live performances. Your concerts are all about having a party. It is about saying there is a lot that we can think about and get angry and suffer, but really you want people dancing, jumping, singing. So... When you're doing that and you're getting, you're seeing that coming from the people who love your work, how does that impact you? Like talking about brainwaves, like what does that feel like? Oh, it feels great. It give, gives you energy. Sometimes during tour you can be low energy, you know? Yeah, you feel not only tired, you feel low energy. Like you feel sad even. Like yeah. you feel nostalgic. You want to be with your family or you want to do what's... At least me, I say, man, I want to do something else. It's not because I don't like it. It's because, well, I hate I hate planes. There are different things about 
how the industry works that I don't like. So it's kind of like, and sometimes you feel like that, like depressed. And and I people doesn't know that, and then you have to sing mm. and feel happy about it. And and I, I I thought, you know, when when people give me energy, that helps a lot. That that turns me. Yeah, that turns me on. It's like, <laughs> and it helps helps me a lot, so much. And sometimes I feel like sad in coming into a concert, and I ended up like happy, you know, and, and with a lot of energy. And then I can't go to sleep, you know. But it's good. <laughs> So while I was preparing for this interview, I was on a plane and I was looking at your Instagram feed. And I'm like, ¿Qué está haciendo Residente? What? You know, I mean, I just saw it first and I was watching intently. And then all of a sudden I began to see... There's a Muslim man who's praying, but then all of a sudden you were talking about Yale brain scientist, you know, and I'm just watching. Then I turned up the sound, right? Because I was like, I, I need to know what is going on here. Did Residente decide that he's become a neuroscientist now and he went back to school and he got a medical degree? I really didn't know. And, well, for people who don't know, just explain ¿Cómo pasó esto? Were you just like, kind of like, okay, let me think. I want to know what's going on in the brainwaves of a man who is, happens to be Muslim, happens to be praying to Allah. But I just want to know what brainwaves look like when people go into a spiritual place. Yeah, like, I was looking for a concept that I can write about whatever I want, but maintaining a concept. So because of that, I stayed thinking, okay, so I should study my brain. And then I thought, mm. oh, no, I should study other people's brains. <laughs> and then I should study animals' uh, brains. And and because of that, I started to make research, and I ended up meeting uh, with scientists from NYU and Yale University. And I started to work with brain frequencies. So our brain has millions of millions of neurons and the neurons they have uh, energy and power and that energy you can quantify that energy and if you have numbers you can make numbers into music because you just establish parameters in between 0 and 88 which is uh, the amount of notes that you have and with that, I can make music. So I started to create a concept around everything that I have in my head, but also uh, working with brain waves and numbers. Soy el residente del pecado, el máximo exponente. Tengo suerte. Si supieran lo que tengo en la cabeza, me daban pena de muerte. No soy un dulce navideño dentro de un calcetín. No soy cookies and cream. Soy el que llega a tu casa a orinarte el jardín. Aunque no tenga con quien batallar, siempre estoy en el ring. Le he cagado mal, pero siempre. These neurologists, were they like, oh yeah, sure? Or were they like, um, what? Or were they completely pun intended, on your wavelength, your brain wavelength. No, they're super down. Like, they are so happy. and They were uh, like, oh, my God, this is great. Yeah, this is great. And uh, one of the, like, there's also there's a Puerto Rican team. There is a really nice uh, neuroscientist. Uh, his name is Daniel Colon, and he's super respected, and he's in Yale. And he he works with worms. 
So I, I'm, I, I did a song using the brainwaves of Worms with him. And no, actually, like Derek's texting me all the time, sending me <laughs> like a lot of information and stuff. I, and I love it. And I think it's another way of doing something creative and making new music. Cabeza, rodilla, muslos y cadera. Cabeza, rodilla, muslos y cadera. Cabeza, rodilla, muslos y cadera. Cabeza, rodilla, muslos y desde pequeño quería ser beibolista, no llegué así que aprendí a batear hits por encima de una pista. Volví a tomar alcohol en mi despacho, escribo bien sobrio, pero escribo mejor borracho. Cuando caigo en depresión, mis problemas se los cuento, a la ventana del avión el estrés me tiene enfermo. Hace 10 años que no duermo, el IRS me sigue investigando, me estoy divorciando. And I'm wondering, René, as we get ready to say goodbye, you know, what about... If you were to talk to younger René, who was just starting out, who was just thinking about what he wanted to do, what do you say um, in particular to Latino-Latina artists who are feeling so... It's easy to feel beat down these days. Yeah. So what do you say to them to, to keep them committed to their art? What would you say to yourself when you were younger? No, for me, I know that I made mistakes, of course, like everyone else. I don't know if I, you know, I like the mistakes that I that I did and I learned. And, you know, I know it's kind of, it could be like a cliche answer, but it's true. Like I, I learned from them and I grew up learning from mistakes. I think that people have to be unique and have to be honest when they're artists. That's part of art. Like you can't be like scared. Being scared doesn't go with, for me, it doesn't go with art. Like art is the opposite. It's, it's being free and being honest. And I think that every young artist, they should be that way. They should be without scared, without being scared, being honest with what they feel. And in my case, the way I did it is that I maintained a balance. I tried to do art in everything that I was doing, even with Atrevete, which is a more pop song, I try to put my art, but also I balance it. And I have Latin America too, and I have other songs. So, you know, look for that balance. But you have to be honest. Quiero volver a cuando no me dejaban entrar porque me vestía mal. Quiero volver a sentir a cuando no tenía que fingir. Yo quiero volver a ser yo. René, thank you for joining us on Latino USA. Thank you. Presidente's latest single, René, is out now. His new album is set to be released later this year. This episode was produced by Miguel Macias with help from Janice Yamoka and edited by Sofia Palizacar. The Latino USA team includes Luis Treyes, Antonia Cerejido, Alisa Escarce, and Alejandra Salazar with help from Joanne Luna. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our production manager is Natalia Fidelholz. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcantara. Our interns are Julia Inés Esparza and Julia Rocha. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, look for us on all of your social media. Hasta la próxima. Ciao. 
Latino USA is made possible in part by W.K. Kellogg Foundation, a partner with communities where children come first, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, and the Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide. One second, because someone is <laughs> desperately trying to reach you. Yeah. Is it one of your long-lost family members from Siberia? No, it's my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, how an election glitch in the Dominican Republic led to massive protests and how it's all connected to a history of entrenched political power. That's next time on Latino USA.